And now, in association with Lakul Motors, Lakshiva Mullingar, where your new Peugeot is waiting for you. Lakulmotors.ie. Some days he gets on fine with Will Faulkner. Other days, not quite so good. Today, though, there should be no worries as our DIY guy meets David Hollywood, Brian Clunan. Any worries there, Brian? No, we'll have no problems here today. Did you see the way I smiled when I walked in and saw that I wasn't well? Yes, yes. There was um, tangible joy across yes. your face. Um, <laughs> well, so. joy is probably a bit strong now, in fairness, but just, you know, a slight bit of pleasure in knowing that. A small bit of relief. Yeah, a small bit of relief. There is the word you're looking for. Excellent. Well, well yeah, we could do with uh, some uh, relief from the pants weather. We've got people messaging in asking if you can bring the heat wave over. It's not really your type of DIY. Uh, no, and we, I, we don't want that heat wave either. We're not, like, think about it now. We're really not equipped to deal with it. Be the careful ter- what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 100%. That so tell me, are you, are you handy around the house? Because I remember Will and I are doing this a long, long time. And when I started, when Will started sitting in the chair across the way, I mean, the simplest question would have him looking mm-hmm. absolutely perplexed. The guy... Honest to God, I don't think he could change a plug. I don't think he could put in a light bulb. He was absolutely useless. But in fairness, mm. now, you know, he's married. He he has a house. He's a big house. Do you ever see his house? It's a monster of a house. Okay. So he has a house. Yeah. So do you know what that means, what that translates to? Go on. He still hasn't a feckin' clue a how to do anything around his house. Poor, long-suffering Alex does Everything around She is house. very impressive, isn't she? She really is, yeah. I'm glad to see you're getting the digs in in his absence anyway. Naturally. Yeah, you yeah, know, it, it would be uh, expected, I think. Um, no, to answer your question, I'm, I'm pro- I'm, am I worse than Will? I don't know. He sounds pretty bad. But, uh, Brian, I'm going to be pretty ignorant, I'll be honest with you. We, we all start at that stage because we don't have to do it. And then as you have to do it, you just learn as you go along. I, I actually... I moved to Tullamore just over a year ago now. I've been in your store once. It was to buy a tin of WD-40 for All a squeaky right. door. Yes. That's the extent. Of your DIY. <laughs> yeah. Aren't yeah. you lucky? Isn't that great that you, you've had to do so little? Well, That's this great. is true. That, yeah. In fairness to you now, um, yeah. uh, you're dead fortunate in that respect. We've got loads to, to get around to. If you have any questions for Brian, 083 30 10 103, or when you call, it's 0818. 300-103 um, powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota uh, here at Midlands today we will set you right on your DIY queries Brian the first one that came in this morning and it'll be first come first served on this basis um, we've got a gentleman messaged in uh, he wants to know how he can clean his uh, dining room chairs uh, the seat of them are a cream fabric so I suppose uh, that's the point of concern for this particular okay. listener so being fabric, you, there's two things you can do. The very first thing you do is go out, if you don't have some in the kitchen units at home, in the press at home, um, go out and buy a little tub of bread soda, baking bread soda. soda. So okay. a little tub of bread soda will cost you a couple of euros and you sprinkle it all over the fabric and then you work it in with your fingernails, with your fingers. So you're working the, that bread soda down into the fabric and it's actually remarkable how much you can do. It's such a versatile product, mm. but it will not do any harm. It will only improve it and it also acts as a natural kind of disinfectant as well, an antibacterial agent. Not that this really matters in this case. Sure. But uh, leave it overnight and then pick up the chair, brush off as much as you can. So maybe bring the chair outside and, you know, you don't want bread soda all over that the kitchen or the dining room or whatever it is. Yeah. Bring it outside, give it a good brush and then give it a hoover. Bring it back in and give it a really good hoover. Okay. And you might be just surprised how much that will do. 
Okay. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing then would be to use a fabric or carpet cleaner. But do not get, make sure you get the foam type. So you don't want a liquid. So some carpet cleaners like come in a spray bottle, mm. a pump action spray bottle like I'm trying to think what comes in a spray bottle, but like, you know, all the things, all the, the household cleaners that come in a spray bottle. Yeah. That's not what you want. This actually looks like a tin of shaving foam and it comes out just like shaving foam. Okay. The reason being, it's not as wet. It's a really, really good way of cleaning. So it's fabric cleaner, upholstery cleaner or carpet cleaner. They're, both, they're, all, they're all the same. So you can, any of those, but make sure it's the foaming one. And again, comes out like shaving foam, rub it in with your fingers, or a nail brush is brilliant. So you want something strong enough to work into the fabric, mm. but not strong enough to damage the fabric. So you don't okay. want a scrubbing brush like you'd use on the floor because yeah. that's too strong. It'll, it'll pull the threads. So uh, uh, a nail brush is ideal or that sort of texture of a brush. Um, leave it then for about an hour to soften everything up or even ha- in this weather, actually, it's so warm. Maybe just leave it for 15 minutes okay. and then get a clean towel, rag or whatever and wipe it all out of it. And then when it dries, give it a hoover. Okay, that's that's pretty comprehensive and I hope that uh, answers uh, suitably the question. Um, we've got another person's measured in um, looking to seal their terracotta garden table. What's, what's the approach there? Yeah, so if you get a mosaic I presume they mean it's a mosaic table. I would imagine it is. I doubt the whole table is terracotta. So it's probably a steel frame or an aluminium frame Mm. with a a terracotta mosaic in the middle. And it's really important that you continually seal that because uh, it is porous. And if particularly, the real problem is the winter. So say you have a winter's day, it's the 17th of November and it's been raining for two days. And then on the 18th, so the the terracotta is very porous and the grout that's there is very porous. So what happens is 17th December, two days of rain, 16th and 17th, two days of rain, 18th December, it freezes. So what happens is all the water, exactly, the whole thing expands. He's doing expanding action. David that's is, it. David's forgetting he's on radio I here know, and he's doing expanding actions with my, his hands. My naivety <laughs> is running rampant um, in here. I'm just so, really engaged uh, in what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so the whole thing expands and the tiles lift up and crack and so on. Now, I would always say, if you can, bring the table in for the winter. If you can't, turn the table up on its end. I know it doesn't look as sightly, but I would always put the table in against the hedge. So the mosaic, the top of the table, is facing in against the hedge. And it means then there's not water sitting on it. Therefore, it's not getting as wet and it's not getting the frost to the same extent. People will hate that. Like the, the, it doesn't look like nice. their gardens just exactly. look well. So how do you seal it, I suppose? You're, back to, you're, you're, you're sealing it with a thing called water seal. And water seal is a clear, well, it's a white liquid that dries out, like my conscience, completely clear, <laughs> completely crystal clear. And you're going to give it three coats, four coats of this. And each coat has to go on while the first coat is still wet. So it's very unusual. It's the it's reverse. Job, then. No, no, it's in, a very... It's, yeah, but it's great because it's, it goes on white yeah. so you know exactly where it is. It dries out clear. So very quickly, as soon as it turns clear, you can put on the next coat and oh. the next coat and the next coat. And you always do... So say you're brushing uh, from right to left with the first coat. You go up and down with the second coat. You mm. go, so you go in the opposite direction to make sure that you're getting every crack and crevice completely covered. And I would say it's such a small area. Give it four coats, and then the table, the, the then it's sealed. It's, and, and, it's sealed and, and, and against. Like in terms of through the winter, you you don't have to worry about it. Well, I still personally would always try if I can and, and tilt it up. But if you can't, just leave it and hope for the best. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, Kate's just messaged in to thank her, uh, to thank you for the advice about the chairs. That was Kate with the uh, upholstered chair. Oh, great. Uh, chair. That she's, was very nice. She's very happy with uh, that response. We'll take one more before we take a breather and go for the community diary. Uh, Nula's messaged in. She's got flies coming into the house. She reckons they're horse flies. No one's Ooh. been bitten, but she has two small children. Is there any way to keep them... Uh, out, she needs to leave the back door open to let dogs in and out as well. Oh, right. um, actually, I think that's uh, Alice's uh, message that in rather than new. So, um, yeah, I suppose when you leave the doors open, it's hard to keep critters out. I've noticed um, this myself. Like yeah. also, then I'm like, how do I get these out without letting more in? Yeah. So, horseflies do bite. If they are horseflies, they do bite, and they are normally near you know, large animals such as horses and cattle and so on. So I'd imagine they're in the countryside. Um, How to keep them out? I suppose the only thing that will keep them out if you want to leave the door open is one of these, um, what do they call them? Magnetic insect curtains. So it's a curtain. It's a a fabric that uh, allows... So it's, if you like, it's two curtains that hang in... uh, You just literally tack them up over the doorway. They hang down. They open in the middle like a stage curtain even mm-hmm. though I know it's only the width of a door but they open in the middle like a stage curtain but there's a magnetic strip the whole way down so if David goes out his back door he pulls apart the curtain he walks out he lets go and the curtain closes itself because the magnet attracts the, the, the metal strip on the other side yeah. so it's it's a, it's a very fine fabric it lets light in but I will say the dogs sh- unless they're really very very timid they'll just walk out through it. So they won't actually go through the hole in the centre, but they'll just push it aside. And what you always do in these cases is you put, um, you put if, if, if the dogs are slower to go out, you know yourself, you put a bit of meat the far side of, of the curtain and let them go looking for it. And once they go through the curtain a couple of times, they'll be very happy to come in and out. In terms of killing the flies that are in the house, um, I don't know if they're probably not attracted. I'll have to find out what if they are horseflies, what horseflies are attracted to. Um, you could put one of the little ultraviolet lights. So you can buy, you know, the little, you see them in butcher shops. And so the zappers, you can, The zappers, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can buy one of those for, for maybe 20, 25 euro. Okay. But they work really well at night. Yeah. Because flies are, if you if you put them on for a couple of hours after dark or at dusk, it's the only light now. So you make sure you put it in the kitchen for argument's sake, you plug it in and you turn off all the other lights. So now every insect in there is attracted to that light. It's the contrast. Or the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and that should kill that should kill the ones that Have are there. Have you any time for these um, dangling fly tape coils? Oh, things? sure, look, they look horrible, but they work, they work really well. <laughs> and the other thing we always say, and actually I had a lady in yesterday just commenting how well it had worked for um, fruit, just because there's so many around this year uh, fruit flies mm. fruit flies don't seem to be if they're actually fruit flies they don't seem to be affected by the insecticidal sprays right. so the best thing to deal with a fruit fly is to put on a pair of disposable gloves mm. get a banana peel the banana and then wrap one of those horrible dangly fly things around the banana. Oh, wow. Now, the reason I say is it's if you've ever you've handled one, they're terribly tacky and sticky. You don't want it in your hands. So by using the glove, you can just dispose of the glove, you can take it off and throw it away. Right. And then just sit that on a plate. And because the banana is the most attractive thing for a fruit fly, they'll be attracted to it. But as soon as they come in contact with the fly paper, they stick to it. Right. So a lady sent me a picture a while ago of, you, you actually couldn't see the fly paper. It was completely black with fruit flies. 
I mean, um, that sounds helpful, but it's just completely disgusting as well, yeah, isn't but it? So, but you can put it somewhere. They'll be attracted. So you, you don't have to put it where people can see it. Yeah, you can put it doesn't it up, have to be in the fruit bowl. Like. No, you can put it up <laughs> on top of the kitchen unit where no one can see it. They will send out the banana skin and they'll go to it. Yeah, well, hopefully anyway, um, there's no horse flies getting stuck into any residents across the Midlands over the course of this summer. Uh, we're going to take a breather and uh, Brian Clunan from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore uh, will be back to answer your question. Mr. Fixes with Lockhill Motors, Lock Sheever, Mullingar. Your new Peugeot is waiting for you, including the all-new Peugeot 408. Lockhillmotors.ie You're very welcome back to the programme. Uh, Brian Clunan is in with us and he is resolving our DIY concerns. Uh, Brian, uh, this is an interesting one. Um, Cemetery Sunday coming up. They need to clean their parents' greystone headstone. Uh, It's got white spots on it and generally is looking pretty dirty. The letters need to be uh, repainted as well. Is this something that uh, a family member could take on themselves? Do they need outside assistance? What would your perspective be? If you're handy and have a little bit of attention to detail, you can certainly take it on yourself. And it's actually, it's it's not a huge job really. Um, it just takes a, bit, a little bit of time and effort. But it's one of these very satisfying jobs because if it looks really bad and you make it look really good, it's, you know, every time you visit the grave, you kind of look at it and say, I did that. And it means more and more, more to you because of how personal it is. 100%. It's like, you know, it's like doing your own landscaping in your own house if you know you have a greater appreciation of it forevermore or painting your own sitting room or whatever it is you appreciate what has been done so much more so um, in this case it's a grey stone which is almost certainly just the ordinary limestone so you have marble oh no it's the white spots so it will be Mm. the grey stone so grey stone is limestone and it has it's, it's very absorbent so those white spots are lichen that are growing there. So what I would say is because it's greystone get a small bottle of path and patio cleaner. So you can't use path and patio cleaner on uh, marble or granite. So marble or granite you know them they're the white well traditionally they were the white or black marble headstones. Yeah really smooth. Very smooth and shiny when they're new but nowadays you can get a grey Marble, but again, it's shiny and very smooth. Like it feels like glass when you have your put your hand on it. Whereas the other feels like sandpaper, a fine sandpaper. So that's how you'll know the difference if you're in doubt. Yeah. So what I would do in this case is, I'd get some path and patio cleaner. I would wait for wet weather. I'd put on, mix up this the path and patio cleaner stronger than normal, and pour it onto the white spots. Give it about ten or fifteen minutes, and then either a stiff brush like a deck brush or a scouring pad or a bit of I'd say better still a bit of fine sandpaper and just sand those white spots will now be softened up so you sand them off and now having treated just the white spots you're going to treat the whole thing so now you mix it at the normal mix so say the normal mix is four to one four to one being four parts water one part of path and patio cleaner for the for the white spots you might go two to one or even 50 50 yeah and just treat those separately now you're going to do the whole thing and that means putting on the path and patio cleaner, leaving it for again 20 minutes, half an hour and then give it a scrub while it still has to be done while you can't let it dry out. So right. give it a scrub with a scrubbing brush, the whole thing and then wash it all off. So you're going to bring a watering can with you and you're going to fill the watering can and be ready to wash it off when you're finished the scrubbing. And it will look like new. If you put the pay, if you, and don't try and do the whole thing. Like do the 
do the headstone first. Do the curbstones separately. Okay. Don't try don't try and put the the path and patio on everything at the same time because it will have dried out by the time you get to the end of it. Okay. That makes sense. So to do the letters then, um the the easiest way of doing the letters and even though the letters in the past may have been white or gold, I would always go black because the black lasts longer than the white or the gold. But you can decide yourself. Yeah. And you're not getting a little artist paintbrush and brushing in the letters individually. Mm. What you're doing is you're taping around the entire text. Mm. So it says, here lies dearly departed Will Faulkner, passed away due to lack of work or whatever it says. And you tape around all that and then you spray the entire thing. So when you, with black paint, black acrylic paint, and you then take off the tape and once it's dry, you take off the tape and now you're left with a big irregular shaped rectangular square or whatever because you've just done all around the lettering. So the stone is covered in black paint including the, 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 the recessed, depressed, etched lettering. Yeah. And then you get some very fine sandpaper. So the headstone's clean because you cleaned it. You get some very fine sandpaper and you sand off all the paint. But because the, paint, the lettering is recessed, it's etched into it, it doesn't come off. So by sanding the flat surface, you take off all the paint off the flat surface, but you leave all the paint that's in the heads in the lettering. This, that and sounds that sounds where the step from being able to give it a bit of a clean to being handy uh, it seems to be that's, involved. That's the slight step. And, yeah. Um, how easily does the rest of it come off? Oh no problem. Once once it's dry, it comes off. No problem because the sandpaper only affects the flat surface. You're like reverse stenciling in a way. Correct. Kind of thing. Correct. Yeah, that's very good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do we reckon there would be anyone to clean Will Faulkner's headstone? <laughs> People would probably volunteer to do it for free. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, We'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we will have a look at uh, another one that's uh, come in, uh, in here. Um, this person's a bit OCD about keeping their food fresh and sealed. Uh, they've bought a really, uh, a load of good quality plastic storage containers. But even after washing them out, they still have that strong smell of plastic, which they're worried is going to transfer to the food uh, it, that's contained within them. Hmm. So, people are conscious think, of like reusing um, yeah. plastic bottles that you buy yeah. in the shop isn't a good idea. Yeah, we know that much. That's right. So, I think what I would do there is a little bit of bread soda and a little bit of Milton mm. or Milton. You know, it doesn't have to be the. It can be the 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 generic Milton. I I have to stop. I was in the shop one day, and I, every time I use the word. Generic. I nearly did it. Every time I use it, I have to stop for a second and think because it was in a pharmacy one day and there was a lady looking for, say, paracetamol. Yeah. So she said, Give me the, I want Panadol, but I don't want the real thing. <laughs> Give me the geriatric one. <laughs> and now, every time I use the word generic, gene- generic yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to say geriatric. Well, I, I've never thought of two concepts that could be further apart, yeah. Brian Clunan and geriatric. The, uh, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, friend for life, David. That's it. So um, I would say if you make up a solution of Milton and bread soda and just soak it for, for a couple of hours, it doesn't have to be hot, but if it's hot, all the good and uh, take it out. I think you'll, you'll get rid of that smell and that taste. Whatever residue yeah. then yeah. is gone. Because yeah. uh, I know especially as well, as when, when you do start using those plastic containers often and 
you you know it might be a curry or a lasagna yeah it really leaves there. yh you reheat it yeah and, and it kind of with an orange that's right or a yellow yeah I think box. I think th- those that combination of bread soda and mint will take all of that away okay that's but soak it overnight leave it in the sink overnight it won't do any harm to the sink either I am learning. <laughs> this is the key point and hopefully Great. our listeners uh, are as well. Uh, when we get back, we've got loads more uh, inquiries and uh, we might be able to uh, give you a handout uh, in the bathroom. A couple of technical issues coming up there. Mr. Fixit with Lockheel Motors, Lock Shiver Mullingar. The hottest deals in new and used Peugeot cars can be found at lockheelmotors.ie. Mr. Fixit is in with us, Brian Clunan from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore. Interesting question, this one. We have a tiny bathroom that has panelling around the bottom section of it. Uh, do you know what that's in reference oh, to? Yeah, so it has what's known as wainscoting. Wayne, so, actually, she's mentioned wainscoting here as well. Thank okay. you, Siobhan. And uh, she's got a radiator on one wall. It's so small, she just wants to paint everything white, but every time she goes to paint it, she finds herself buying three different paints to go onto. Obviously, the different surfaces. You've got the radiator, the panel, yeah, and the yeah, walls. Yeah. Um, is there any paint that has a matte finish that will actually adhere to all the surfaces that are in there? Yeah, so I can see if it's very small and you, you know, if so wainscoting would normally be, it, it's used in old houses, but very often the wainscoting would be a dark colour. So for our sake, you'd have a almost like a navy blue or a dark green. That's the timber panelling at the bottom. And then you'd have a lighter colour above that. And it looks lovely and it's mm. very, it's very vintage looking and it looks lovely. But, but I can see in a bathroom, it makes the room very small. Yeah. So by doing every, I'd say she's exactly right. If it's tiny, to paint everything a pale color, so be it white or off white, but one pale color. So one of the universal paints, like um, oh no, matte, um, Easy Clean. One of the so the likes of Easy Clean, and there's various brands that I think the Easy Clean is the crown one. I forget the name of the Dulux one, but Easy Clean is one that sticks to all surfaces. So she can paint the timber wainscoting. The emulsion, uh, the 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 emulsion painted wall, yeah. the emulsion painted ceiling, and the radiator and the pipes can all be done in one matte finish. And she's right to go for matte in a small area like that, but because it's easy clean, it look it does exactly what it says. Going to say it also it's, sounds it's, like it's, it's easy to maintain. Yeah, and and one of these things we always talk about these easy clean or scrubbable matte or whatever it is. The great thing about they cost more than ordinary paint. But because they're so easy to, to, to clean, they, la- they actually stay, cl- even without cleaning, they don't absorb dirt. And they stay clean so much longer that you don't have to repaint. Generally so therefore, speaking, you'd counsel people to consider an easy clean paint. To, 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 well, in any busy room, definitely. Easy clean yeah. or scrubbable mat. There's a whole raft of them out there. They're all, you know, I would say they're probably not twice the price, but they could be. But the beauty is, if you're, if you're like me and tend to stick with the same colour and you're not changing around, so when you repaint, you know, you went for Victorian, I don't know, whatever, on, on your kitchen and you're going to do it again the same colour the next time, well, then it definitely makes sense to go with the more expensive paint because you, the next time will be much further away. So if you're in the habit of needing to repaint every your kitchen, every five, or your sitting room, whatever it is, every five years, you will probably genuinely get 10 years out of it because the fact that it A, stays cleaner without washing, yeah. but B, if it does get dirty or grubby, 
it, it washes, it's scrubbable. You can really give it a good wash. So, but, it, but in this particular case, it's also, also multi-surface. So it sticks to all surfaces without a problem. Well, that is um, a really impressive component of that. And it just reminded me of a conversation I had with my eight-year-old daughter there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it emerged, she was very unimpressed with the diktat that came from the household of not to put your hands on the walls. Oh, right, yeah. And um, <laughs> it's not for my laziness of not wanting to paint, it's because it's a rented apartment and um, I'm, I'm sure that... You the, have to the, leave it right. The landlord would appreciate this yeah. kind of uh, due diligence. Yes. And, and I also want the landlord not to increase the rent, uh, etc. You yeah. know, um, But an eight-year-old's logic is something unreal because she'll ask, why Why can I not put my hands on the wall? Well, it's, it's going to dirty them. And what's the problem with that? Yeah. Um, the landlord won't like it. Why is it that they've got a problem with, with what is so bad about hand See, the problem here is you, you don't try and engage with the logic of an eight-year-old. I know, but it's really entertaining. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll, um, I might give that some due consideration, actually, the, uh, the, the easy, clean, multi-surface applicable paints. Hopefully we've helped a listener, uh, Shavana, in that regard. A couple of more uh, other queries uh, to get to as we uh, run low on time. Moving around furniture. OK, so like you're, you're, you're rearranging uh, your living space. Um, and they're happy with the changes they've made in terms of the flow of the room, I guess. Uh, but it's left deep indents in the carpet, which haven't like popped back up. They've also tried uh, brushing them back out, as it were. And these indents on the carpet floor uh, not popping back up. Uh, Anything yeah. we can do there? Yes. Yeah, so just a bit of steam. So if oh. you have a steam iron or like if you have a steamer, great. But if you have a steam iron, just run the steam iron. Now, if it's a synthetic carpet, you don't want... The, the, uh, the very hot iron to come in contact with it. But it doesn't have to. So you can set the steam, to set the, the iron to its hottest temperature, mm-hmm. which you don't want to put directly in contact with the carpet, with loads of steam out. Just hold it up a few millimetres away, steam the carpet, and then straight away a clothes brush or a stiff brush and just brush it against the pile and it'll, it will rise up and it will stay up. The problem is now it's, it's completely... De- depressed and down but the steam will release it and then brush it back up when it's still damp from the steam and leave it dry and it, it should be absolutely fine the old steam and brush yeah okay. steam don't and iron brush. it though don't, don't, don't actually iron it, iron it. No. no just in case it is a synthetic that could burn the indents would be the least of your yeah exactly then. a big black iron shaped mark on the <laughs> that would be no. slightly more notable you, d- you don't indent. want that no. uh, Tom and Clara's messaged in thanks Tom what's the best way to polish up an old brass tea set it sounds like quite the collector's item. So if, if it's brass uh, and if it's in bad shape, uh, I would use, depends how bad it is. Look, mm-hmm. if it's in good shape, you use the wadding polish. So wadding is, used to be known as Duradlit, and now it's just known as Brassel wadding. Comes in a little round tin, it's really old fashioned, but it's brilliant for maintaining a finish because it doesn't have any build up. So people will be familiar with seeing, say, a doctor's or a solicitor's brass plate and all the green polish stuck in the corners of the letters and you know yeah. that's the problem with using some of the polishes that can deposit so if it's maintenance use the wadding if it's in really bad shape if it's green and black and looking terrible get some four zero steel wool that's a really really fine steel wool it's not a Brillo pad it, it's soft feel it's, as, as your jumper you know it's, okay. it's not going to do any harm and then use a thing called peak so peak is 
just a, a very good polish for all metals. Silver, stainless steel, it's very, very powerful, but it won't do any harm. But if, if you don't need to use the steel wool, if, if, it's, if it's only very, very bad, would you use steel wool? Okay, I think. And then polish it off. That is excellent, excellent work, Brian. Much appreciate you coming in and giving everyone a dig out. Thanks, Will. But that's, you know, that's so, I'm so I'm so sorry, David. I'm so used to finish off with thanks, Will. Thanks, David. It was it was lovely to be here with you. I've been mortally offended. That's okay. <laughs> um, and a big thanks to uh, Tom, Kate, Noolish, Vaughan, Alice, all getting in touch. Uh, hopefully we've set you right uh, with Tom Clunan's uh, DIY solutions. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that. <laughs> Brian, um, thank you for coming in. Thanks, David. Cheers. Uh, we're heading over to the Midlands 103 News Centre. After that, we are talking about Farm Safety Week. The Minister of State for the Department of Agriculture will be kicking off that discussion. Mr. Fix It with Lockheel Motors, Lockshever, Mullingar. Your new Peugeot is waiting for you, including the all new Peugeot 408. Lockheelmotors.ie.